Welcome to the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy and a nutritional therapy practitioner specializing in chronic digestive issues, depression, anxiety, and autoimmune disease with a focus on the gut microbiome. Join me for episode six, where we will talk with Dr. Jill Nets Fulkerson, educational consultant and nutritional therapy practitioner from Denver, Colorado and learn about nutritional epigenetics and how it impacts cancer. We'll hear about diet and lifestyle changes that can help while undergoing cancer treatment. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. Functional nutrition is similar to functional medicine in that it seeks root causes of illness. As nutritional therapy practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease, and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now. Let's hear from Jill. Good morning, Dr. Jill. Um, I'd like to introduce Dr. Jill Nets-Fulkerson to the show again. We're going to talk about a different topic today, one that is near and dear to her heart, nutritional epigenetics and cancer. Jill, what can you tell us about that? Well, thank you. Um, Well, you know, new emerging studies suggest that dietary components can affect gene expressions through epigenetic mechanisms. So epigenetic modifications are hereditary and potentially reversible, though, um, in changing uh, gene expressions um, that, that don't require Uh, changes in the DNA sequence. So what I'm learning is that the main mechanisms in epigenetic control in mammals are are some of these other things, these the how you silence the RNA and the um, DNA methylations and histone modifications. The potential reversibility of epigenetics changes suggests that they could be modified just by nutrition and bioactive food compounds. Um, thus, you know, epigenetic modifications could really mediate environmental signals and provide links between susceptibility and genes and environmental factors and in the, ep- you know, in, a, in the study of cancer. Um, and so really I'm focusing on mainly on the nu- on the nutritional epigenetics, which according to the Clinical Epigenetics um, Journal is more of a study of nutritional conditions or factors which affect the DNA, expressions of critical gene associated with um, physiological and pathological processes, including, you know, aging and, and carcinogenesis. So, Jill, let me, let me just make sure I understand what you're saying. Are you saying that the food that we eat interacts with our genetic information and it has some it's a factor in which genes are expressed absolutely absolutely have you know uh, we learned about pottinger um, studies in the ntp program and pottinger did a cat study um, that looked at um, a longitudinal study of cats he gave some of the cats um, the food that was coming from a local uh, sale asylum, and that was like processed meats and the pasteurized milk. People learned that he was getting more uh, studying this, and so they gave him more cats. Well, he didn't have enough of that food, so he started getting local butcher scraps and unprocessed, um, unpasteurized milk and fed those groups of cats that. Well, people gave him even more cats, and so he started using things like 
pet milk and even more cooked meats and processed meats. Well, what he observed over time was the cats that were being fed uh, the the foods that had been, de- you know, kind of degenerated, um, the processed foods, the cooked foods, the milk that would pasteurize, things like that. The cats started getting autoimmune diseases. They started losing their balance. Their their claws wouldn't extract, extend. Um, they were losing their hair. They were getting asthma, different, different diseases. So he decided he would start giving, uh, and that was the cats that were receiving those um, more de- you know, degenerated foods. The cats that were using the butcher scraps, eating the butcher scraps and the and the unpasteurized milk, and their coats were still shiny. They still didn't have any problems. Um, they had regular litters. The, the other cats started even having um, stillborn litters. Um, so he started taking the foods that the butcher scraps and the the whole and milk and started feeding these other cats. Well, it took four generations for them to regenerate um, to getting healthier again. So, so the thoughts I have and some of the other research is showing that through nutrition and really looking at how we're eating and what we're doing as a lifestyle, you can change DNA um, factors. Yeah, that is fascinating, and I, I think the the Pottinger cat studies were um, very, very interesting. He was actually studying um, factors for helping with tuberculosis, but we have, uh, you know, sort of general information that we can apply to a lot of different situations from those studies. Um, I think um, the idea of those the cats eating the raw foods, you know, the uncooked mi- milk and the uncooked, uncooked, unpasteurized milk and uncooked meat. Um, you know, having the best health is kind of suggestive of um, the idea of maybe consuming more raw foods in our diet. Um, have you, do you use any uh, of that in your work? Right, absolutely. So nutrient-dense whole foods is really more recommended than some of the other foods that we're getting that have been through, you know, I don't know. They have all kinds of additive in, additives in them, soys and all kinds of, of um, preservatives and things like that. So getting away from those type of foods uh, can definitely help um, help things for, especially like some of the cancer survivors, you know. They they have other symptoms that we can go into, um, like, like sometimes when you have chemo. Um, I remember when I had chemo, everything tasted like lard. It was just horrible. And you, you lose your sense of taste and smell and other things. So um, I think using those more nutrient-rich foods and that are whole are better for you as you're going through and it's not a time to to start dieting <laughs> as you're going through through chemo or or radiation or any of the other um uh times that you're in ca- going through cancer right 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 so i think what we're, what i hear you saying is uh it's more about the food quality and eating foods in as close to their original state as possible that's really important and eating um, the foods in the right ratios probably, but not not trying to cut back on food. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about how you work with clients that have cancer and you know sort of what can you outline what the nutritional therapy approach is to help them? 
Well, I think, you know, you, you know, the doctors, you cannot, you know, they're saving lives too. So really, it's more of an alternative. It's not just all holistic and it's not all, not all AMA. You have to use some common sense too. But you can supplement and give things that are going to help you. For example, um, I had very little, um, I, 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 they gave me lots of prescriptions for nausea and things like that. But I really used things that were anti-inflammatory and lots of ginger like I would brew fresh ginger in a pot and do that instead and, and take some of that or, or um, um, types of foods that were going to help aid in like the not stopping the nausea versus you know just taking a pill for it and um, I think you know there's other foods and, and things that they don't tell you about like in uh, if one of the really important things is to like really eat your food slowly and eat in small portions and really chew your food even though it's tasting horrible but you want to do that because it processes and it's going to be absorbed better in your system and help with your digestive processes um I found that salty foods were also worked best and that was helpful um so using salty foods, but make sure you do that really high mineral uh, food uh, salts, like, you know, the, the um, Himalayan salts or some of the salts that have some of those real nutritional values that can help in aid in your recovery. Um, and, you know, kind of you, maybe while you're going through the, the cancers, maybe avoid some of the strong, more spiced foods and make sure you do a lot of, of beverages and, and liquids between meals and um, rather than with the meals and slipping throughout the day these liquids um, really, really does help yeah I would think that warm broth would be so you know um, nutritious and right and it's important to get bone broth and get those nutritions you know um, it's the quality again if you're going to put it in you and you're already ill you need something that can help your body to help recover so, Jill, how do you work with clients that are under cancer treatment already? Um, you know, the NTP program, really, when we were going through it, said, you know, that was the one area that they said that maybe we should um, avoid in our practice clients. And I understand because there's so many types of cancers. There are so many types of um, people that have triple negative or, or they're estrogen progesterone positive and things like that. So, you know, one size doesn't fit all people. And that's what's great about the NTP is that we are all biodiversified. And so with the cancer treatments, you really need to find out what your specific cancers um, what would benefit to keep them at bay? For me, I was progesterone and estrogen positive. So I have really cut out any consumptions of soy and other things that would help uh, promote the fast-growing cancers with those um, factors and like especially processed foods. So um, I think when I work with clients, I think the best thing is to help them uncover the answers themselves and through a food and mood journals that the NTP um, provide that we use and the evaluations the, the questionnaires these are the things that can help people uncover their own paths and their own needs because they then it helps them see for themselves what patterns they're doing or what what they can do to help themselves.
Thank you for that uh, explanation. I think that's really, really important for people to hear, you know, that they should trust their own observations and not just give themselves completely over to medicine and, and you know, wait to see what medical advice they get, right? Um, we're also in, we have some control over, over our health, over our recovery, right? Over our outcomes. And I think that's a really important thing for people to hear, um, Right. And I'm not going to diminish uh, cancer is life changing. I mean, people can go through depression or what they call the, the dark night of the soul because um, you're faced with head on head on that you could perish, you could die. And that changes your perceptions about a lot of things and things that were once important may be different than they um, once were to you. So I think the main thing is you take one step at a time and you get through all the different <laughs> things and then you come out the other side and you're saying, hey, you know, hey, I'm a survivor. But more than that, you want to be a thriver. And that would be better nutrition. And once you get through this and survive, um, I've wanted to become a better person and help other people through it. And that's why I think the NTP um, is a great path for me to do that. Okay, Jill, I know you covered some of this already, but could you just summarize some of these quick tips that you have for people that have a cancer diagnosis, you know, things they can do nutritionally or lifestyle-wise that would help them? Okay, I'd be glad to. You know, when you're going through uh, cancer treatments, depending on what your cancer protocols, if you have uh, chemo or radiation or the or different types of, some people will have some different ones, different chemo that they will do. But, you know, you're, you may experience nausea. You may experience vomiting, constipation, um, you know, and diarrhea. You can, you can, there's a loss of appetite. There's a lot of different things nutritionally, even sore mouths, uh, mouth sores or chewing or swallowing difficulties that you may end up experiencing. Um, your taste and smell will may change too with all these different treatments. So there's a couple tips that I'd like to share. Um, some things that help me a lot. Um, for the nausea, uh, it really chew your food. Eat very slowly. Eat, eat um, mindfully when you eat your food. And eat small portions of food more frequently. Um, you know, having some food in your stomach may, may help you feel a little better. You definitely need to have uh, something that in, in for nutrition wise it's not a good time to diet is when you're in cancer because food will taste bad uh, it just changes the taste I'm, I, I always describe the food tasted like lard <laughs> everything I ate but the grape juice I could taste and different people will have different sensations some people say yeah they could taste peanut butter but usually have a you know more of a as if they use salty food, sometimes works best. But when you use salt, make sure you use things like Himalayan salt or nutri uh, very mineral-rich salts and that can help with, you know, to get more out of your salts. Um, and typically, in, when chemo is, they avoid some really greasy foods. Um, and, you know, strong, strong spice foods really sometimes affect you. 
make sure you have lots of uh, cool um, beverages um, and ginger. I can't say enough about ginger and turmeric because they're anti-inflammatories. Um, they really help me with nausea. So, you know, some of those um, foods are really good. But make sure you drink liquids between meals rather than with meals. And drink a sip throughout the day. Um, and, you know, don't force yourself to eat your favorite foods also when you feel nausea. You may, you know, develop a dislike even for these foods that you have. Um, you know, so, you know, interestingly, you know, there's another part. Stay quiet after your meals. Give your time, your body time to rest for at least about an hour. Um, a good idea that I learned in my registered yoga teacher training, uh, 500 hour certification, was lay on your left side to aid in that digestion. And that will also help um, because you're descending colon is on the left side. And, you know, kind of stay away from strong odors. Um, and, you know, if you feel nauseated, kind of, you know, uh, try cooler foods, not avoid the hot foods and liquids. Um, there, these were some of the ideas that I, I thought, and if you watch, if you do your NTP food and mood journals, um, you know, usually you can follow a cycle. Usually about four or five days after your chemo is when you feel the most fatigue set in. So try to plan your activities accordingly because you feel pretty good right after and then right before you're going to do your maybe net sets of, of chemo. So try to get a pattern and, and still to try to get some um, exercise in and let, use a lot of organic fresh like vegetable soups and, and you know you can use cream of wheats or oatmeals and some of the cereals. Um, eggs are good. Um, so that's sometimes, you know, the hard-boiled eggs will settle better with you, even though we know that the nutrient, the runnier the eggs, probably the better for you. Uh, fresh fruits, natural apple sauces, um, juice bars, um, things that, you know, are going to help with that aiding um, in your digestion. Lots of pepper and, uh, peppermint and ginger. Um, if you have a lot of s severe vomiting, you know, just kind of um, don't eat anything until your vomiting is under control, but do do small amounts of liquids and things like that to keep under control. And um, eat more potassium and magnesium-rich foods that are going to help you feel better. You know, potassium-rich foods such as bananas and, you know, potatoes and, and tomatoes and apricots, those will help. When you have uh, constipation, uh, maybe try some high-fiber foods such as kidney beans and chickpeas and lentils and fresh fruit and vegetables and dried fruits. Um, and try to include some, di um, some fiber also in your diet, um, such as, you know, the brands and, and things like that, depending, of course, on your own bio-individuality and what you're able to eat and tolerate. Um, and possibly also think about you know, there's different programs out there for exercise to combine with some of this. Um, there's a cancer fit program that is uh, reduced and free. Um, there is some other groups that you can join that have um, some cancer um, recovery benefits, some free yoga, things like that, um, that can always help. Um, so I just kind of wanted to mention a few different foods that can actually help um, that when you have, you know, going through uh these different treatments. And make sure you like probiotics to maybe help some of those um, enzymes and things in your body to reestablish. Can you remind us again how people should get in touch with you if they're interested in working with you? 
Sure, they can call me. Um, and my name of the new company I'm formed is called Colorado Integrated um, Health Services, LLC. And my phone is uh, 720-635-0381. Um, or you can email me at jillfolkerson at comcast.net. Okay, perfect. And I'll have that um, contact information in the show notes as well. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. Um, Dr. Jill, I've enjoyed having you on the show, and I wish you the best of luck with your practice. Well, thank you so much, and it's a great thing you're doing and and doing all these podcasts to help inform people. Really appreciate that. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. Please listen again, and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. To learn more about Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy or check out our podcast page, visit tcnutritionaltherapy.com. To find a nutritional therapy practitioner in your area, use the provider search at nutritionaltherapy.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast copyright 2019 by Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy. Music by Barbara Benn.